What's up, y'all? Welcome to another Sunday of Self Care University Live. <clears throat> I'm having a little weak voice action today, but I'm gonna get through it. I actually forgot to brew my tea like I normally do before my live starts because I was doing a lot. Uh, ended up going to the gym right before this live started, running a few miles, just five. Not my typical 10, but <clears throat> I guess I'm a little under the weather. Anyway, if you have not already, first of all, let me start with this. <laughs> Disclaimer. This is not safe for work. Unless you're listening in some headphones or something like that, it's not safe for work. I have the mouth of a sailor. This is not safe for your Baba Thumping Grandma either. So that's your disclaimer. Um, what else? Podcasts. If you missed last week's episode of Self Care University Live, it is up on the podcast uh, on Anchor.fm. Uh, the name of the podcast is Self Care University. You can catch the link in my bio. I hope it's still in my bio. I might need to check that. I should probably check that. I've changed my bio numerous times, <laughs> so I probably need to check that. Um, but at either rate, if you missed the last episode or the memo, I will be uploading the lives to my podcast. Um, they will be delayed by a week. So last week's episode posted the podcast this morning with Jalen Hamilton. We were just talking about nutrition, fitness, all that jazz. Um, and what else? That's if the audio is okay because Instagram's audio is unforgiving at times. So, so far so good with the exception of the very first episode that I had with Whitney Hunter. That's the only one that I will not be uploading to the podcast. I'm actually thinking about inviting her back on um, just to do a follow up because there were some things that I promised that I wanted to do as far as it pertains to yoga. Um, but with that being said, thank you for coming back to Self Care University Live. If this is your first time tuning in, Self Care University is a conversational space, safe space for the LGBTQ plus community. We just talk about all the ways we take care of ourselves, uh, some of them orthodox, some of them unorthodox. And it's just a way for us to just have a feel good time, just, you know, laughing, having fun. OK, so let me see. Might have to boot you out of here, baby. Let's see. There we go. Anyway. I'm going to go ahead and bring Tiffany on. Um, Tiffany Crystal. How long have I been knowing you, Tiffany? Um, it's been a few months. At least six months, right? It's been at least six months. Um, very beautiful soul. Crushing on her real hard. Um, yeah, crushing real hard. I'm going to just bring her on so I can go ahead and just start shooting the shit with her real quick. Let's see. Here we go. <laughs> hey. Hi. So we meet. <laughs> <laughs> Looking fab as usual, Tiffany. Pisces season. Is birthday coming up? Very soon. <laughs> Very soon. Happy on Wednesday. Wednesday. On Wednesday. I heard that, right? Go on over to the page, drop a few coins <laughs> for the birthday goddess. Invest in the goddess. It's a blessing <laughs> for you. It's about you. It's about you. <laughs> All right, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. 
So my name is Tiffany Crystal, as Ryan has said, and yes, you're right. It has been at least six months, um, but instant connection with us. And a big part of that was we started talking about writing. Um, and that is, that's my medium. Uh, my mom calls me the word whisperer. Um, I like that. <laughs> so I love words. I love language. Um, I have a degree in English, but what I do now is I'm a consultant, so I do a multitude of things, but I do writing strategy, educational assistance, resumes, interview prep, whatever people need. I organize events, but then I also do spiritual consultation because I also am intuitive and gifted. So shout out to all my spiritual black women. I love you all. Um, so I also do spiritual consultation. Um, I'm a soul coach is what I guess I've been called. So I use my gifts essentially to tell people in whatever way they need. So, yeah. They said happy birthday to the birthday girl. <laughs> Thank you, Pisces gang. Yes, <laughs> so definitely. This is right into it. So when did you first discover that writing, you were the writing whisperer? Very early on, I feel like I've always been inspired by music, by film, by television. And so I would always try to recreate all of the content that I was ingesting. So I would be writing my own little books um, and drawing my own cartoons. I would write plays. I would write TV scripts, just trying to put all of these different thoughts and interests that I had into that work, um, essentially. So very very young and i think my mother noticed that very very young because she put me in creative stuff all the time she had me dancing she had me writing all these different things but i would say the definitive moment where i was like yeah i want to do this for the rest of my life i was in fifth grade and i had this teacher named miss stanley um god rest her soul and she was this lady that definitely decided for whatever reason to really invest in me because I was one of those kids who would finish their work and then start to bother like everybody else. Like, mm. oh, you ain't done yet. Da, da, da. Just really extra. Um, and so she was just like, okay, let's just give Tiffany a little bit more to do. So she gave me a book of Maya Angelou poetry and I ate it up and I started trying to emulate that style, but then put my own twist on it and then researching and finding more of her books and more poetry and reading Gwendolyn Brooks and Nikki Giovanni and all of these different poets and falling in love with poetry and being like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to write. I want to make people feel the way these poets made me feel. Um, and it was a space where I could also see my blackness because my blackness is important to me. So it was black women talking about experiences that black women had. And that was powerful to me. So I was like, yeah, I just want to do that for life. Whatever I have to do to make people feel the way that I feel when I, you know, ingest literature, I want to replicate that. So and then it's like writing poetry and performing like when did when did that come into play well i started performing in college so i'd always loved spoken word always but 
when I was a senior getting ready to go to college and visiting colleges, I decided to go because my mother's friend had a friend at St. Olaf College in Minnesota. Now, mind you, I'm living in the South, I'm a Georgia peach by assimilation. So I go up to Minnesota in the dead of winter in a blizzard. I decide to go up there and visit. But I get linked up with this group of artistic individuals and they were poets and they would just spit whenever like we could just be standing outside waiting to go somewhere and they just start spitting poetry. And I was so intrigued by that. I was intrigued and fascinated by just how they could just run it off instantly. And one of the women that I met, Sharon Williams, and she's on here. Hey, Sharon. Um, she was hosting this event called The Loudest Form of Silence. And it was a night for women of color to come in whatever artistic form they had, singing, dancing, poetry, whatever, and just talk about their experiences as Black women. And I fell in love with it. And so I fell in love with my experience that I had. And the next year, I decided to go to St. Olaf College because I fear nothing. So, you know, <laughs> what's a little snow? And <laughs> I go up there and I'm still connected to Sharon. And I talked to her about wanting to put that event on again. And although I'm hosting it and I'm putting it together, people, are, she's like, so you're going to perform. And at first I was like, I don't know. I just don't know if it's for me. And literally the day of, I woke up at 6 a.m. And this poem just came out of me the day of the performance. So although in my space that I had allotted, I didn't plan to perform, I did. And the feeling that I got when I stood on that stage, I didn't see anybody. It was just me and these words and this story that I had to tell. Because I did this poem. It's on YouTube. <laughs> um, and it's called I Am, but it was literally me talking about my heritage, talking about where I come from, because it's so valuable for me. It's what I feel helps to define me. So talking about my grandfather and his roots, talking about my grandmother, talking about my mother, all of these things that are so important to me and putting it into this work. And that was all that mattered was me really telling the, the story of me and my family, regardless of how anybody felt about it. And then finish performing and kind of come back. And I'm like, oh, there are people clapping. I just did that. So that just that feeling and just connecting with people afterwards and them letting me know how they felt about my work. I was like, okay, I need to continue on with this. So yeah, like 19 year old Tiff, the first time I hit the stage doing poetry. So, <laughs> yeah. I think you, you, uh, you kind of touched on something that we hear a lot from our greatest writers is that most of the time they're so encompassed with their work that when they perform or they have to speak or whatever the case may be, they go into themselves. Mm -hmm. And then there's this grand awakening at the end. It's like, oh yeah, people are here. And mm -hmm. I think really like when you think about it, that it's almost like the magic of writing it's for you first. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't resonate with you, more than likely it's not going to resonate with the people that you're in front of or the Absolutely. person that read it. Um, it's going to seem often, I think that's what a lot of things, like even with performing as a singer or a rapper, if it, if it didn't resonate with you first, we're going to be able to tell. 
I think that's probably why Patti LaBelle is like one of my favorite performers. Mm-hmm. Even though she didn't have this massive catalog of, you know, chart toppers. Um, when she performs, you can tell she feels every word that she sings. Mm-hmm. The difference between, you know, an entertainer who is just there for the dollar and somebody who's an actual artist because they care about their shit. So rolling it back a little bit, do you think that the foundation of your writing is your heritage? Definitely. My grandmother was a teacher. She valued education. She took me when I was like eight, seven or eight to go get a library card. Um, So she was always kind of just encouraging me to expand my mind, to learn something every day. That was her biggest thing, learn something every day, learn something new every day. And then my mom has that same kind of value. I'm in this, I'm in this line with my, the women in my family. So my grandmother was close to my mother. I was close to my grandmother. I'm close to my mother. And so very much that influence, my mom writes as well. And she's a, a wonderful writer. She'll never, you know, boast about it at all but she has a way with the pen as well. So it's obviously something that's that's there that I feel like has been, I've been in an environment to foster it and really feel like I can get into my own style and my own groove. And it really is for the most part about satisfying me, satisfying something in me. I hope it resonates with you. I hope it allows us to connect, but it's about me. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. and it has to be that way. That's what keeps it authentic at the end of the day is is making it personal and making it about you getting out something or connecting to something or exploring or reflecting. It's about that journey that you take and then sharing it with people. That's what I'm saying. You should write, period. Even if you're not writing to share, journal, whatever, just that process of getting those thoughts out and connecting with that and feeling your way through it. It's important. So, you know, Hit the nail on the head, like writing as a form of self-care. Pe- I mean, that's one of the most overlooked forms of self-care. I remember when I was like, I want to say middle school and my racist, I mean, my English teacher was like, I got this exercise that I want y'all to do. And she used to make us do it like at least once a week where we just pull out a notebook and she'd say, don't think about it. That's not a topic. Just write down everything that comes to mind. And after I would do that, I'm like, what am I? I would read it and be like, what the hell do I be thinking? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> and once you get that, it's almost like a weight lifts off of your shoulders when you, when you do that. Mm-hmm. Looking at what's actually going through my mind. Before yeah. the filter, be- before the politically correct, all of that. This is what actually goes through my mind. Right. And that, that's extreme form of self-care. But then also just journaling your day journaling the things that you want to accomplish. And even if you don't accomplish those things, you've made it plain. So that the weight of that, whatever that pressure is, is off of your shoulders for that moment. Mm-hmm. So thinking of like the women and the lineage. And, <laughs> and that, it's in the blood, baby. It's in the you blood. Wrote a book. <laughs> you wrote a book. I did. Let's talk about it. I did write a book. I wrote my first book of poetry called well, Manifesto, and I published it out after I graduated from college, and it was really a labor of self-work, <laughs> and I say that because 
it really talks about the art of becoming who you are. And I personally believe that we are ever evolving. I don't ever want to get to a point where I'm stagnant. I don't ever want to think that this is the best version of myself that I can be. And that's just my personal belief, you know, but I always want to improve. I always want to grow. So it was me taking some poetry that I had written from over the years and some new things that had come and really take a look at everything that built me up to be the person that I am. And so it's about, again, my heritage is about the people in my life. It's about the women. Um, it's about the people that I love. It's about times that I've been in love. It's about times I've had my heart broken. All of these things that have come together to help shape who I was when I wrote that. Um, and, you know, pieces of that are still me. But even now, that was 2012 and we're in 2021. I'm e an even more different version of myself. However, um, all of it still resonates because it's just different things that we go through Ooh. falling hard for people getting our heart shattered putting the pieces together again dealing <laughs> with grief dealing with um people deciding to take their life like it was all of this different stuff that i had experienced that i put into this work and so it's my baby because you know it's the first thing that i did and thankfully i can say it's been all over the world which is wonderful. Um, and it's really resonated with a lot of people. And that makes me happy. You mean that what it does. This book. Hmm? Where can we get this book? So I have a website, www.tiffanycrystal.com, crystal with a K. And um, on my website, you can purchase the book. And oh. so it's self-published because I also believe in... Um, entrepreneurs and independent authors. Um, Chantelle Monique is an independent Black author. She does Black urban fiction and she is fire with her pen. So I also support, you know, going independent as well. So yeah. she's in the room right now. She is. <laughs> yes. Go buy her books. <laughs> buy her books. Because I'm yes. going as soon as this is over. Thank you. So listen. <laughs> You talked about writing out emotions and heartbreak and all that. And let me tell you something. Some of my best writing, because you know I'm a hopeless romantic. We've talked. <laughs> I'm a hopeless are. Some of my are. writing came from falling in love <laughs> rather quickly <laughs> and, and having my heart broken or breaking my own heart. If I'm not the Mary J. Blige of poetry, I don't know who else is. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. you know, Maybe me. Ever. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. We might compete for it, but I get you. Yes. <laughs> it's sad, though, because we kind of hope, like, Mary, you going through something? Because we need another album. <laughs> right. Exactly. Have I you mean, I gotten your heart broken lately? But come on, give us something. <laughs> right. This, a real good album. Don't cheat on it, but make her think you cheating so she can give us an album. Like, come on. Son. <laughs> exactly. Like, I need another, like, be without you, baby. Like, I need that <laughs> yeah. to come back. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So soul coaching, what, what does that mean for you? What is that? Soul coaching. So calling myself a soul coach, essentially, I'm a spiritualist that uses the gifts that I have and the things that I connect to. And I do my alchemy thing to help people in a kind of 
coach people through life, essentially. I'm a firm believer in utilizing a multitude of mediums, whatever it takes to kind of get yourself back to center. I believe in support therapy. Um, I believe people who do spiritual work, ritual work, all of that, I feel like is valid. And so I utilize all of that. I have my crystals. I value chakras. Um, I love herbs. I love plants. I love essential oils. I utilize all of that to help people in whatever they need. Um, I have chakra cards. I do birth chart readings because I also have a very strong connection to my foundation and um, astrology as well. So all of that to come together and people just let me know what's going on and let's figure it out. Let's work our way through it and let's find some solutions because I'm very solution oriented. So I'm never going to allow for you to just come to me and just constantly talk about the same problem. I'm going to be like, okay, that's good. What are we going to do now to solve it? So, right. Right. So stones, crystals, um, you know, it's, it feels to me because I'm, I'm a little detached from social media mm-hmm. mm-hmm. off the mark. But it seems like there's been like this rise in people that have gotten into stones and crystals and, you know, spells and magic and astrology and all of that. What was what was your first time like, you know what, these, these stones might actually be giving me what I feel like they should have gained? <laughs> well, you know, I honestly have always been fascinated with stones and whatnot probably because of the things that I watched and the conversations that I would have with my grandmother, because my grandmother would talk about spiritual experiences and she would talk about things that happened in her family. And she would talk about things that she had saw. And so that kind of triggered the fascination. And like I said, when I was seven or eight, she got me a library card. So this is the kind of stuff that I want to read about. So I'm reading about crystals and stones and whatnot. You when I feel like when you're spiritually inclined, you have a lot of experiences very early, way before other people kind of catch on. So really most of more than half of my life, I've been interested in crystals and finding different ones that resonated. And I think because I'm such a loving person, Rose Quartz was one of the first ones that I gravitated to. It's pretty, it's pink, like the energy is just instantaneous. And that was one of the first ones. And then I started getting into different stones. So I started getting into citrine and amethyst because I'm a Pisces and all these different stones. And yeah, it just grew. It just grew. And for me, because I'm very much clairsentient and I can feel energy, um, it's very much going into a, a crystal shop. And a lot of times getting near it, touching it and seeing what it feels. I don't have to read what the description says. I can hold it in my hand and I can see it's going to tell me what what the energy is and if it's for me right now or if I can, you know, let it rock. So, so yeah, (laughs) let it rock, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I need need to get some soundboards or something over here. (laughs) Right. I need a laughing track. In the back. <laughs> All right. So are you into tarot as well? I am. I am very much into tarot. Um, I don't do tarot readings for people, but I love tarot. Um, I have 
a friend in the business, Motown Mystic. I don't know if she's on here, but Motown Mystic, she's fantastic. She's a tarot reader, um, a black woman tarot reader, and she's fantastic. So I love the tarot girls, love them a lot. I read specifically chakra cards and I read chakra cards because chakras I connect to. So crystals, chakras, astrology, since I was very, very young, I've been working with. And so chakras just resonates to me because it's all about getting your different points in check and breaking it down in a way where you can focus specifically on that area and do something specific that can help you unblock it, that can bring you some kind of relief, whether it's physical relief, whether it's mental relief, it can help in that way. So I read chakra cards specifically when I do card reading. So. Okay, so let's get a little personal then. What chakra are you currently working on for yourself right now? Ooh, spicy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like one that I'm always working on um, and making sure that I'm keeping in check is my heart chakra. And I feel like it's come up more now because COVID has asked of us to be more compassionate to ourselves and to others. Um, So it's a whole lot of, and I don't mind, that's the work that I think a lot of people avoid is the heart chakra. I don't mind doing that dirty work. Um, So that's the the one that I'm currently, I think, focusing on the most. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think for me, the heart chakra, I've come over the hump. You know, I've been working on it for some, you know, I've been working Mm -hmm. on it. Oh, this the thoke. Give me blues in multitude of ways, and, and I and it took me a minute to realize that maybe some of my actual physical throat issues could be stemming from my spiritual throat issues. Mm-hmm. I'm allergies, or it's just sinuses, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I realized, like, no, no. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. It's stemming from it's it's calling your attention. It it manifested physically because you weren't paying attention to it prior to that. Right. So I'm working on it. I got the tea for the physical part, but the spiritual part I'm still meditating on and trying to see what see what's going on. Now it's not I'm not gonna stop cussing. I don't know I don't nobody think that. That's not what this is about. No one's asking you to stop. It's about me speaking my truth and being open and honest. Um not mm-hmm. that I'm dishonest, but more so being more transparent with people um, and not being so uh, not putting people's feelings before the truth. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes because we feel like we're not going to articulate it well, we just refrain from saying it all together. And I am a firm believer in if you don't have anything nice to say, you probably shouldn't say anything at all. But I don't think that, because you feel like you don't have the vocabulary to articulate what it is that you want to say, that you shouldn't say it. Mm-hmm. Or just start writing this shit out until you find the words. <laughs> right. right. Okay. That I had was just kind of cutting people off and not letting them know the full gist of why. And so it would just kind of come out of the blue or I would, I would let them know, like, hey, this is the end of the road. Um, mm-hmm. But I would not let them know. They didn't get the story. They just got the closure. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things that I've been very intentional about, and that's one of my mantras for for 2021, being intentional, um, is about being very upfront with people 
and I don't have to be nasty about it and it doesn't have to be confrontational all mm -hmm. the time, but it's, it's imperative for you to know um, because I don't want to be disrespectful to myself carrying on with you disrespecting me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's really, that's really what it boils down to. I was letting people walk over me. That's real. And, and not really, you know, not really saying anything just like oh that's just them that's how they do it. and you know i posted something earlier too on my story i think it says something to the effect of uh just because you understand why they do it doesn't mean you have to tolerate them absolutely absolutely and, you know coming from you mentioned it earlier too an intuitive uh privilege is what i call it, intuitive privilege mm -hmm. um you start to realize like the nuances of people and why they do the things that they do and you almost get to a point where you justify the effects that it has on you instead of approaching it like, okay, I understand why you do this, but I ain't going to keep putting up this bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> right like you that. You have to do that. You have, you have to. to. <laughs> so, um, do you offer up your soul coaching as a, as a service? Or mm -hmm. I do. do. Okay. Absolutely. I'm a firm believer in um, for me being fair, um, I don't, I know everybody has their perception about what they decide to charge. Um, and even with my consulting, I feel so much that I balance between getting paid adequately for the knowledge, the research, the time, all of that, because I feel like we should always value compensating people for that. Especially but then also, yeah, mm -hmm. but then also coming from the space of naturally wanting to help people and wanting for people to be the best versions of themselves, that it would never, it's never something to, to grapple at people's pockets. You know, it's, it's really, you know, me saying, I'd like for you to compensate me for what I do for you. But because I know that I'm doing important work and purpose-filled work, I never take advantage of of people in that way. So you um, just put the idea in my head. It, it, it's the spiritual sliding scale. That's what it is. <laughs> it really is because, you know, you have to, there's like, there has to be a spiritual ethical code to where, you know, you say, I do have to live. I do have to maintain myself to also continue to be a good vessel but I would never want to abuse what you said is a privilege to have. And that I know that everybody doesn't have like me. And I know that I can be beneficial to people for. Um, and so my thing is, I want you to be able to come to me. And I don't want the dollar to keep you from that. So I, I always keep that in my mind. Um, but you know, you still got to compensate me. You still got to live. You yeah, know. I still got to live. I got to eat. You know, I yeah. can't I can't pay, you know, the bills with a thank you. But, <laughs> you know, so it's it's about being real. It's about finding that balance. So, yeah. yeah. So if somebody wanted to, first of all, let me say, hey, mom, I see mom here. So if hey, someone to, uh contact you about your soul coaching services, how, how may they approach? You can DM me on Instagram. Um, you can also contact me through my website. There's contact information through my website as well. 
Um, and they're actually, so it's going through a little bit of revamping. Um, and so there is going to be an option for you to be able to book on my website coming very soon. But for the time being, you can reach me via email on my website. You can also reach out to me on Instagram if you decide to follow me. Okay, so let me have a little pet peeve moment real quick. <clears throat> oh my gosh. This is for anybody that might watch this video <laughs> now or in the future. <laughs> One of my pet peeves is people DMing me and they don't greet me first. If I don't know you like that, don't you slide your ass in my DMs. <laughs> Right, <laughs> I thought you not. Nah. Mm, 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 mm. Absolutely, I'm a southern man at heart. You better tell me great rising, good morning. It don't have to be a whole list of pleasantries. So don't y'all go sliding up in Tiffany um, DMs <laughs> talking about some uh, hey beautiful. <laughs> talking about some, I sent you over there on the live because I got a good strong fist <laughs> in my hand. <laughs> I know you see it. You are so funny. <laughs> you are hilarious. But I do agree with that. Please take the time to greet someone if you slide in their DMs. Don't just slide in with the request because that's disrespectful. Right. I heard you giving out services for free. That ain't what I said. Never said that. That's <laughs> one thing I never said. You know it's not true. If anybody ever said I did anything for free, just handing out but i okay. do actually do that sometimes i mean sometimes so, i do yeah sometimes spirit is just like do free resumes okay so right. it yeah. does you have to listen you do have to be obedient yeah but it always works out it always does so a little off topic here what's her name back there in the back <laughs> Because they all have names, don't they? they all have names. That right there is Tiana. What Tiana give? Tiana gives like middle part, bone straight, just you know, severe. It's all about face. About face. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so wh where Tiana like to go? Like, what's the? Tiana likes to go anywhere, because wherever she goes. People are going to notice. They're going to look. So it doesn't matter where she goes. Anywhere. She's appropriate all the time. <laughs> Everyday I, girl. Like they're looking like, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. She got my back. <laughs> so what's coming up next for you, Tiffany? <sighs> well, first, before you answer that, what are you currently working on? So what I'm currently working on right now is I am actually building a brand. Um, and it's called Everyday Alchemist, and it is essentially taking all my different belief systems and bringing them together and helping for people to find ways to bring that alchemy to their own lives. Um, I'm a firm believer where my healing is through facilitation. I can't do it for you, but I can help you find the tools to get you there. Mm -hmm. And then I can help you do it in a way where you become self-reliant and self-sufficient. Um, because that's my mindset. I want everybody to be able to get these tools and utilize these tools when they need. And at some point, slide me out of the equation in a in a getting services like that kind of way. So um, there's going to be just different conversations about 
things that can be tough and how we can move through it. Handling heartbreak, handling grief, kind of some of the tough things that we kind of shy away from. Um, talking about cooking, I have another really good friend, Chef Hollywood, a black chef. He's excellent. Atlanta-based, he's fantastic. Working with him on incorporating, I did a podcast with him where we talked about cooking for the chakras. So that's another element of it. So taking all of these different things and providing a space for people to take this information, to have conversations, to really expand their mind um, and get whatever they need to heal in whatever ways they need to heal. So. And when you say tools and resources, you're talking about tangible items too, herbs and things like that? Mm-hmm. All of that, body products, um, candles, all kinds of different products, and also a space to also promote other people in those industries who also have products. So I'm a firm believer in everybody having a seat at the huge table. We just don't build the table. Um, So also bringing in these other brands and these other businesses. So so do you have a timeline for, uh, for this, this project? Do I have a who? Do you have a timeline for this project? So it is going to be launching January of 2022. It's been something that I really have had to have a lot of conversations because I also have a partner that does it with me. um, And her name is Sasha. I don't know if Sasha's on here, but we also we do this brand together. So it's been a lot of conversations and then just a lot of conversations with spirit and then COVID happening and having to completely have to readjust. And for me, because I feel so close to the work and because I value it so much, I'm never going to just throw it out looking any kind of way. <laughs> so it's taken, you know, me doing some self work and me work to get me to the point where I'm like, okay. I'm ready to, I can pour into it the way that I need to. So it can be what I know that it can be. So, um, you know, but things are rolling out January because the top of the year, we're hitting the ground running. Speaking of COVID, did (laughs) it affect the way you approached writing? being closed in and not being able to go places for a short little while Mm -hmm. because you don't live in Louisiana because these people just, they just doing what the hell ever, but whatever. (laughs) I live in Atlanta, so also. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So did you you do more writing? Did you do less writing? I've done more, definitely. I think that Because I want writing to be so intricate to everything that I do, um, it has very much been just about doing it Um, and also wanting to put out work again because before the year is over, I also want to put out a second book of poetry. That's the plan. So, you know, before December comes, putting out more work. And then I also have on my Instagram page, if you decide to follow me, I have a couple of poems that I've done recently. I have Mermaid Hymns. um, Which was high. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And I also have Merlot Musings that I did last summer. And so doing more of that work as well. And so really thinking about the type of writer and performer that I want to be and what that looks like now, because I'm also, I'll be 31 on Wednesday. And so looking good. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to keep my manners because I know mama in here with them. Yes, my mother's in here. Thank you. (laughs) 
but I'll be 31. And so it is something about literally transitioning from 29 to 30 where you just really level up in a certain way. And I feel like I kind of experienced the kind of ascension. And so me in this space and feeling like I'm in a really good space and I'm in a space where I've done enough of the self-work to really pour adequately spiritually into my work. It's like now I'm pouring into all of that and writing is a part of that and making being diligent about it every day saying, I'm going to write something. Yeah. And keeping it pushing. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I'm going to just give you a little insight because <clears throat> I'm 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned going from, you know, 29 to 30, you know, that, that spiritual transition. But see, from from like 34 <laughs> to 35, going on 36, it's a physical transition. <laughs> mm-hmm. my, my back, <laughs> my ankles. Mm-hmm. Oh, this shit hurt. Yeah. I just woke up this morning and was like, you know, why I even wake up? Why? <laughs> if, I, if I was going to feel like this. What just doing? I said, what did I do in my sleep? Did I just run a marathon in my sleep or something? You got to work on that. You know, when you get older, you have to start buying like that kind of expensive but specific items like a special pillow for your neck. And yep. You have to invest. Getting older is investing in yourself it financially. Is. It is. I think that's why they came up with um, 401ks because they knew that once you reach that age, you're just gonna have to cash out and go get help. I, I about need a brace when I sleep at night. That's how I feel about it. I feel like I need to wake up every two to three hours just to rub on some icy hot to ensure <laughs> that I do not wake up feeling like a corpse the next day. <laughs> My cousin Monica says you need to do some stretching. I do. So, Monica, I stretch. I am a distance runner. So, mm-hmm. stretch part of, of my, even if I don't run that day, I'm always stretching. But it's something about the way them 34, 35 bones and muscles sit up. They just be like, I see, I feel what you're doing. I, I feel that you're stretching me. But <laughs> yeah, I get you. We give it all that we going to give today. Yeah. <laughs> I get you. But you know, that's another that's another journey as well. Like reestablishing the connection and relationship that you have to your body yeah. for so many different reasons. You know, and I am you know, we all are going through the journey. Yeah. Sometimes my neck hurts, but you know, so I understand. I get it. I get yeah, it. Sitting down and writing in my future. Mainly the real the real part is the sitting down part. I see a lot of that <laughs> coming in my future. Uh, mm-hmm. That thirty, that th- the way that thirty four to thirty five set up, it was like overnight. It was like my birthday, and I was like, "Hey, it's my birthday!" And the next day, I was like, "I need some big sales." Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you definitely. I reflect on my college days. I remember when I could go. Oh, I could go, and now I can't go like that anymore. At ten o'clock, I'm tired. Yeah, ten. I'm ready to go to sleep. Ten o'clock. I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't even remember what ten looked like no more. Yeah, and I and I've been thinking about that so much. I'm like, why am I so tired now that I've gotten older? Mm-hmm. And I think one thing about it is I feel like my mind is always doing so much that at that point I'm just it's like I'm ready to go to sleep. I need a break because you have so much going on. So 
I think that's part of it too. That's a big point too. Uh, a lot of people don't realize, and I think I might have mentioned this in a in another live that mental exhaustion holds a heavier weight than physical exhaustion ever. <laughs> like I, of course, I'm a distance runner. I sometimes I get up to 14, 15 miles on Sundays, and I could be tired as hell. But I'll come home and I'll meal prep and I'll do this and do that, and I'm tired. But a mental exhaustion from working or thinking or being productive, as we call it, that takes me down from the count every time. Mm -hmm. my, my executive functioning just ceases to exist. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> writing down exactly what I need to do step by step by step or else it will not get done. <laughs> so look, y'all, self-care, mental exhaustion, it will take you down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Will. Future projects. So you did mention, you know, the alchemy situation 2022. I'm looking forward to that. What else you got coming up? Um, so like I said, at the end of this year, I would like to um, publish another work of poetry. So that'll be coming out. Um, I also have some guided journals that are coming out because I really support journaling. And I feel like, especially with the services that I provide, it's like you get to have that right there in your home, working at your own pace through it. So working on some guided journals that'll also be coming out this year. So all good things. And then Crystal Consulting is always working. She is working every year, all the time. Um, so doing that, yeah. All right. So any final words you want to give to the good people of Self Care University Live? Well, thank you for tuning in and hanging out with us. Ryan was not nearly as bad as I thought he was going to be. I, thought, I really thought. Huh? It's because your mama in here. Good thing she was there. She's going to support everything I do. So, <laughs> But um, I really appreciate everybody joining in. You see how you can contact me. You can follow me on Instagram at underscore the poetess. Um, you can see my work, see some of my past videos and whatnot on my website at www.tiffanycrystalwithak.com. And I hope that in the midst of everything going on, I hope that you find ways to find peace, to find joy, to welcome and love, that to be compassionate to others, but first be compassionate to yourself. My mama always said charity begins at home and spreads abroad so yeah everybody be well all right thank you so much for coming on it was nice beautiful face i was so happy when you were like yeah right i'll be on your love <laughs> <laughs> nothing you do is little ryan nothing right about that exactly. all right all right let me you know up. what <laughs> all right, all right, let me go ahead and get y'all <laughs> let me get you out all right <laughs> All right. Oh, see, Mama said you should have said, "Pass me not." See, why does that remind me of who was it? Ricky Smiley when he used to do the prank phone calls on the radio show, and he called this woman. I can't remember what her name was, but he was asking her to sing on the phone, and you know she she was a little pitchy, as they would say. <laughs> But it was the most hilarious call. I don't know why they remind me of that. But anyway, thank you all for tuning in to Self Care University Live, the series episode. What episode am I on? I'm on episode four. I'm on episode four. I'll be back next week with another amazing artist. Um, 
of course, I'll reveal that on Friday, this coming Friday. I hope that you all will tune in. If you so decide, go ahead and follow me on Instagram so you can stay up to date when I go live. Uh, plan to carry this on for maybe the next two to three weeks for this particular season. And I'll take a little break, much needed break, and then I'll come back because I have some other engagements that actually overlap with the same time that I do my live series. I'll actually be a guest on other series uh, or other shows, I should say. So, and I'm very appreciative, speaking of that, I'm very appreciative of uh, the people who have tuned in and they've uh, looked at the work that I've done. I, I even feel a way saying it that way, but I, I feel grateful that the people who are tuning in are looking to me to be a voice uh, for a marginalized group that so often doesn't get heard from. And I, I really appreciate that. Um, I always say, and I think maybe it probably stems from a little bit of imposter syndrome, but like, who am I, you know, to speak, uh, as aligned with this particular group of people of black men of transitional experience. And every time I say that, I always counter it with, I am me and me just being me is enough and me just being me is valid enough. Um, and, speak, and since I'm being that transparent and working on my throat shock, I might as well just go ahead and get comfortable and talk about this for a moment. So one of the things that I would say hindered me for a while from uh, starting the series, because it started as a podcast, was I was like, who who's going to want to hear from from me, somebody who was stealth as a person of transitional experience for, you know, this extended period of time. And <clears throat> I had to go back and look at one of my old reels that actually got probably the most views that of any of my reels, if I can recall. And it was about people's voices being valid and just them speaking up. And just because you see a lot of people doing something along the lines of what you do, doesn't make you any less valid. Because there's something about your journey and the way that you present that resonates with someone that probably did consume, you know, some of the things these other people who do the same things do. Um, but it just didn't click for them. But it was something about you that made it worth their while. It was something about you that made something click for them. And I think that's really what, what matters is that we continue to speak our truths and we continue to be transparent and we continue to show up. And showing up is not always, you know, creating some sort of platform or writing or, you know, being a, a, doing a TED Talk or whatever. Sometimes showing up is you just waking up and going about your day. You just waking up and living your life, uh, living your truth, because you never know who's watching. And sometimes you living your truth is all the testimony someone else needs in order to help them move forward. So thank you all for tuning in. I'll, you can catch me back here next week. It, even if I have a voice or not, I'm gonna be here. <laughs> I'm running on fumes now, I can feel it going down here. Um, I love you all, and as usual, usual, take care of yourself. I love you. Be safe out here. Uh, times are crazy, right? Be safe. I love you.